David and Goliath. That is a story that if you have spent any time in church at all, you are very familiar with. You're probably really familiar with it even if you haven't spent time in church. It's, it's become like a cultural metaphor for any time a, a big guy is pitted against a little guy or a, a stronger foe against a weaker foe. And that's a David and Goliath story. So I'm sure you're familiar with this one. So the question is, what are we going to learn from a story that we know so well, we don't even have to open our Bible to tell it? Any of you could have told me that story. If you looked at your review when you came in, you saw that the title of what we're going to talk about today is Living in Liminal Space. Liminal Space. Spell check. Spell check. So wanted that to be limited space. We had a theological battle all week long as she would correct liminal to limited. And yes, I said she. I have personified spell check as my fourth grade teacher, Miss Meadows. Miss Meadows tried to correct me every time I typed that this week. But it is liminal space, living in liminal space. Liminal comes from a Latin word that means threshold. So I want you to do something for me. We're going to have a little imagination experience here. If it feels safe and you feel okay to close your eyes, close your eyes. If that feels weird, you don't have to. But with your eyes closed, imagine a room. And imagine yourself in the room. It could be this sanctuary, any And there's a door on the far side of the room. And there's another room beyond that doorway. So walk yourself across the room until you stand in the frame of the door with the arches of your feet right in the middle over the threshold. You're in liminal space. Liminal space is the space between two points. You can open your eyes if you had them closed. So you're not in the room behind you and you're not in the room in front of you. You're in liminal space. You're in between two points, two points of existence. That's what we're going to talk, today, talk about today. Liminal space isn't just physical. That was an example of physical liminal space. A hallway could be physical liminal space, connecting one room to another. And it's that transition place between the old and the new, what was and what is coming. But that trans transition place is not someplace you want to hang out. Because there are some characteristics of liminal space. It's ambiguous. It's uncertain. It makes us feel unsteady. It makes us feel out of control. Sometimes it just feels awkward. That space between two points, that space between two states of being, liminal space is not some place we want to hang out. But it's not just physical. It can be the space between a job that's ended and one that's beginning, a friendship that's ending and you don't know what's next. Liminal space can be that, that place where you are as you're trying to discern what God's calling for you is, what your purpose is. And we hate to be there. But what I will tell you this morning is that liminal space is where the most transformative things in our lives happen in that in-between. So how do we get from David and Goliath to a conversation about liminal space? 
We're going to do a little time travel, a little speed walk. We're going to start where Pastor Aaron left us last week in 1 Samuel 8. And if you remember the story, Samuel, who is the prophet of God, has been approached by the elders of Israel who said, you're getting old and we want a king. That was essentially a rejection of God. He had a covenant with these people, with his people. He had created a people for his name. He had a covenant with them. And through prophets, he had been their judge and their provider and led them. And for the elders to say to Samuel, we want a king like everybody else. They weren't a people that looked like everybody else. Their day-to-day lives didn't look like the people in the nations around them. The worship of their God was not like those people. But they reached a point and said, we want a king. And Samuel was really bent out of shape about that. And God said to him, they don't understand what they're asking for, but I will give them a king. And that was Saul. So we go through these next chapters. Saul is king. We get stories about his reign, his time on the throne. Until as we get close to this story about David and Goliath, we get to a point where Saul very intentionally, very deliberately rejects God's word. Very intentionally does that. And Samuel goes to Saul to say the result of that rejection is that God now rejects you as king. And scripture tells us at that point the spirit of the Lord left Saul. God sent Samuel to Bethlehem, ultimately to Jesse who had a house full of sons, telling Samuel, I will show you the next king. You go where I tell you to go and I will identify the king for you. So they start bringing the boys through, starting with the oldest, which would make sense, until Jesse's sons have paraded in front of Samuel and none of them are it. None of them are the next king. And the question is asked, is there anybody else? Well, there's David, the youngest one out in the pasture. Let's bring him in. And David is the one who will be king. Samuel makes that proclamation in front of Jesse and the, and the brothers. He anoints him with oil in front of his father and his brothers, proclaiming that David is the new king of Israel. This is where we start our conversation about liminal space. It's about what didn't happen after Samuel anointed David as king. Saul's still on the throne. David is anointed, it's proclaimed, and yet he's keeping sheep. He has entered liminal space, space between the promise, the proclamation, the anointing, and his actual coming to the throne. We live in liminal space as well. There are periods of it, there are times of it, and maybe as we talked about it earlier, you even something came to mind for you, an example of an in-between for you and what that felt like for you. So what happened with David in liminal space? The word tells us that the spirit of the Lord left Saul and he began to experience extreme emotional and mental lows. Scripture calls it torment. And so members of his court 
thought maybe music would help soothe him in those times. One of those court officials had heard David play, mentioned him to Saul, and in describing him said he's a good musician, a good-looking, valiant, a warrior, and interesting, described him as the Lord is with him. And so Saul called for David to come to the court, and David would play, and it would soothe Saul. Scripture tells us that the relationship grew there to such a point that Saul even made David his armor bearer, which is a a position of great honor. But David didn't stay there all the time. The word tells us he went back and forth between court and his father's flocks. This young man who has been proclaimed and anointed as king is moving from sheep to the court And at the court, he can't say anything about what this promise is. Kings of any time period do not look kindly on somebody coming into court and saying, I am going to be the next king. I am going to take your place. Probably he would have been killed. So David had this life-changing, history-changing secret that he had to keep at the court where he's working as an aide, as a musician, knowing what the promise was. And then he leaves there to go back to the fields to take care of the sheep, well, that doesn't sound very kingly. So let's look at what David did in this liminal space and see if there are some applications for us today. The first thing I will suggest to you is that you transform anxiety into curiosity. In liminal space, in that in-between place, that has us unsettled, discombobulated, unsteady. We don't know what's going to happen. What's your first reaction? I think for most of us, we tend to curl in and become protective, to draw ourselves inward and our focus inward. And we're worried about, I don't know what this is. I don't know what I have done to cause this to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the result is going to be. I don't know what choice to make. The refrain there is, I don't know, because our focus is on that. So the invitation is, when you're faced with that tension in liminal space, to turn anxiety into curiosity. I wonder what God will do here. I wonder what he will say to me here. I wonder what he will speak here. I wonder what he will show me here. Do you see the difference in that focus? From a closed-in, protective focus on what you don't know. Often when we do think we know, we think that puts us in control. To an open I wonder what God will do here, what he will say here, what he will show me here. And the things he will show you will be transformative in your life. The things that he will speak to you will be transformative in your life. He will will tell you the places that you have believed lies, lies about yourself and lies about him. He will show you those behaviors that you revert to in these liminal spaces to try to protect yourself. Those places that you've put up a king. That revelation can happen in liminal space when you're a little off 
off steady. When you say not, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and your focus is inward, but curiously, God, where are you in this? And what will you say and do in this? You will experience a greater intimacy with him in a liminal space. David spent a lot of time outside with the flocks during this liminal time and wrote music and wrote poetry. We have some gorgeous psalms that talk about the majesty of God and of nature, and I wonder what he was looking at when he was writing those in this time between the anointing and the fulfillment of the promise. I wonder if some of that music is what he played and sang to Saul, if it was anointed to soothe Saul in those times. I wonder what God will do with you in the middle space. The next thing is, is sort of an open-handed prayer. Your two hands. Yes and thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes is acknowledging where you are. Often the, the defensive behavior or the mechanism that we try to use to get through liminal spaces when we don't feel in control is just to not deny anything's happening and pretend. So the invitation is to be honest with yourself and with God about what you feel, what's going on, what's the transition. Liminal space is often, I would rather not be here, space. And I think perhaps David would rather not have fought a bear. I think David probably would rather not have fought a lion. But it was in that that he developed physical skills and confidence in what he could do. He felt fear, faced fear, did what he needed to do to protect his flock and developed a skill with those weapons that he used in facing Goliath. Clearly, this liminal space was God's intention for David. He was anointed, proclaimed, but not yet on the throne. There were things he learned in liminal space. Perhaps he would rather not have been um, sent to court to play music, to be near to Saul, to develop a relationship with him, knowing what was going to come. But that time in court let him learn what it took to be a king. That time in Saul's court let him learn protocol and manners that time in court let him see the, the political maneuvering that goes on at that level of power. That time in court, I think, I think that relationship he had with Saul was part of why when he went to check on his brothers doing an errand for his father, this anointed king running an errand for his father, when he heard what Goliath was saying, and he offered to be the champion for the Israelites, was probably because he already had a relationship with Saul that the officers would even take him to Saul to have the conversation. And it's the things that he learned in that liminal space that he used to justify his ability to be the champion. Those experiences helped him move into this battle as champion. Living in liminal space, living in that I would rather not space is an opportunity to learn and to grow, to develop things in you, 
to develop the gifts of the Spirit in you, to see where you have believed lies and to let the Lord show you truth. And it's in liminal space when we don't feel in control or we feel a little unsteady that we are open to that if we approach it with curiosity. Often we want to get through it, rush through it, and we fall back on those habits or defense mechanisms or attitudes, behaviors that have helped us cope in the past. And that's part of what God can show you in liminal space is what are those things that you have turned to instead of him? Where are the places that you have uh, tried to make it through, head down, curled in, protective, that he would like to touch? Thank you. We had yes and thank you. Use your memory. Remember God's faithfulness to you. Experienced it before. Remember it. Use this. This is a collective memory for us. Scripture is a collective memory for those who follow Jesus. These are stories of folks who are part of the body like you are part of the body. And they can remind you of his faithfulness. Help you remember and to see that God was there in those liminal times. It reminds us of the covenant that God made with his people. I referred to that a little bit earlier. God made a covenant to make these people his own. And he gave that to Moses. And he used a format that would have been very familiar to those folks as he he met with Moses to give him that, that covenant. It was called a suzerain vassal covenant. And it was between a greater king and a lesser power. And in it, the the greater king opened it with a preamble, stated what had happened, why he was in a position to define the terms of this relationship. That's what God did with Moses. He opened that preamble by saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, delivered you out of slavery delivered them out of slavery. And then they had 40 years of liminal space, 40 years to learn how to be the people of God, 40 years to learn how not to be a slave. That's all they knew. That's all their parents had known. Their grandparents, their great-grandparents, their stories that they told each other were all about slavery. And God took them through liminal space so they could learn how to be his people, to not be slaves anymore to not live in that slave mentality. That's what happens in liminal space. We learn how to be God's people in liminal space. Thank you remembers who God is, what he has done, what he says about his people. Thank you remembers what he has done for you. And your testimony of God's faithfulness is just as valid as Moses or Abraham's. You are his child, and what he has done in the past for you has as much import as what he did for these people that we read about in Scripture. So look at Mark 4, 35 through 41 for an example of liminal space with Jesus and the disciples. On that day, when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. 
So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat. Guys, do you see that? They took him along because he was in the boat. And other boats were with him. When the storm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion, so they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? And you know the story, that he calmed the storm, calmed the wind, calmed the waves. I love it as they were moving between this point on land to another point across the water through this liminal space, this transition space. He was already in the boat. That's a good reminder for you today. He is with you in this. The last point is trust the one who loves you. Trust the one who loves you. If we we take a step back from this very personal conversation about liminal space, about those times, those in-between times that we experience in our lives between jobs or relationships or or calling, or purpose, whatever those are, if we take a step back from that and take a bigger picture, our entire life is liminal space. Our following Christ is liminal space. We are not what we once were, and we are not what we are going to be. This time on this planet is liminal space. It's where we learn to be God's people. Heaven and earth intersected in Jesus, and he said, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. We are invited to live in that life, to live in that kingdom life, which includes liminal space. We are invited to remember that he has delivered us from slavery, from the slavery of whatever sin had you bound from oppression, and in liminal spaces, we learned how to trust him, how to walk with him, how to live in that freedom, and we are invited as followers to bring other people to the table, to share that life of freedom with them. To live a life free of slavery, out of oppression, indwelt by his Holy Spirit. He is in the boat with you. You are indwelt by his Holy Spirit. And these liminal times, these in-between times that seem, sometimes we think we've done something awful and missed the point, and maybe that's not the case, but maybe you need to listen to God's voice to learn what he would have you learn, to see him as he would have you see him in this space when you feel out of control. Would you stand with me as we prepare to come to the Lord's table this morning as we do every Sunday? I have have one more story about liminal space, one more reminder about that. As you prepare your hearts to receive communion, Pastor Aaron will provide intinction, which just means that you take a piece of the the cracker and dip it into the the cup. Do you remember that, that first Lord's Supper? where Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. And then he took the cup and said, this is the new covenant in my blood shed for you. That's what we're going to remember here. 
But from that point, we see another example of liminal space. If you would put the, the verse in Luke up, please. Because from Passover, from the first Lord's Supper, he went to the garden. And in the garden, he said, if possible, take this cup from me. But not my will, but yours be done. It's liminal space. That's I would rather not space. Between the promise and the cross and the resurrection was I would rather not space. Trust the one who loves you. He knows what it's like to be in liminal space. He knows what it's like to be in between. To say, if there's any other way, but your will be done. So as we move into this time, there are communion stations at the front or in the back with Pastor Aaron. Celebrate the table of the Lord. You are his people. 